you'll hear James Stewart as the Six Shooter. Just one of many fine programs brought to you each week on NBC. Tomorrow night, there's top comedy entertainment with the Bob Hope Show, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, and Can You Top This with Senator Ford. Bob Hope delivers rapid-fire comedy routines, while Phil Harris and Alice Faye bring both mirth and music. It's a great Friday night lineup of comedy programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the Six Shooter. saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as the six-shooter a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. I'd known the Harcourt brothers a good many years. First time I passed through Harness Creek, they were just youngsters. Of course, that was before their pa died. But Cash Harcourt, he, he was all of 26 now, and a great big star on his vest, and a Colt 45 stuck in his belt. It seemed funny to think of him as a town sheriff. Well, not that he didn't look the part, but I, I couldn't help remembering him when his legs weren't long enough to reach the stirrups of the pony. Lex Harcourt, he wasn't quite so grown up. He must be about 20 or so. He sure tried to appear older, though. A great big mustache sprawling across his upper lip and a kind of a swagger when he walked. But in spite of all his trying to be old and everything, he was still Cash Harcourt's kid brother, and everybody knew it. Well, anyway, the reason I came into Harness Creek was I was going to sign up for the Silver Spur cattle drive down in New Mexico. Only trouble was I hit town a week or so early. Silver Spur outfit is still out in the rain, so... While I was waiting, I stopped off with the Harcourt boys and their aunt, Mrs. Petrie. She kept house for them. There, now. More fritters, Fred? Oh, no, no, no. Thanks, Miss Petrie. I've had my share. You cash? I'm full up, too, Aunt Bess. No need to ask you, Lex. Ah, there you are. That's the last of them. Ah, well. <laughs> now, Aunt Bez, you know the only reason I take seconds is so you won't have to throw the food away. Uh-huh. <laughs> seconds? <laughs> Seems to me that's about his fourth helping the fritters, ain't it, Brad? Yeah, well, I don't know, Cash. I'm not for certain. I sort of lost count ever about the, after the third time he stuck that plate out. <laughs> <laughs> Big growing boy like him. I guess he's bound to stow away a lot of grub. Well, now, I wouldn't josh about my growing so much if I was you, Cash. Just give me another inch or so, and I'll be ready to trim you down to size. No, 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 hush, both of you. Brit here will think you two are serious. Oh, don't worry about that, Miss Petrie. They've been talking about fighting each other for the last ten years, but whenever there's a real scrap, somehow the Harcourt brothers usually manage to wind up on the same side. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't count on that, Brit. You know, Lex has been getting pretty feisty late here. I may have to take him down a peg or two. Yeah? 
Well, now, let me tell you that there's just one thing that's kept me from cleaning your plow long before this. Oh? The minute I was to start something, like as not, you'd throw me in jail. Well, I guess I'd have to, wouldn't I? For your own safety? Mm-hmm. Well, if I was ever to slug you back, you just might not be around afterwards. Tell about it. Well, now, if that's... Oh, you what just you... stop this foolishness. Okay. Get out of my kitchen, all three of okay, you. The idea of brothers talking like that. Ah. Well, go along now. Go along, or I'll show you who's the real boss of this family. You know, Britt, I wouldn't be surprised if you could. I don't doubt it for a minute, Cat. Not for a minute. And you too, Lex. There ain't another mouthful of food left to eat. All right, Aunt Bess. Right. Uh, I'd be real pleased to help you with those dishes, Miss Petrie. Oh, you think I want some man breaking up my fancy china? No, thank you. You just wait there in the sitting room with the boys, and I'll join you just as soon as I give these things a lick and a promise. Your aunt sure is a fine woman, Kay. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what we do that, here, Britt. Lex don't even remember our ma, and, well, I just sort of recollect her real faint-like. It was Aunt Bess who brought us up to all intents and purposes. Yeah. Well, sit down, Brett. You sit down? Yeah. Thanks. Well, what are you so fidgety for, Lex? If you're going calling on Hannah Joseph again tonight, no cause to act sheepish about it. I ain't going calling. Uh, Cash? Yeah? Well, Britt and me was talking this afternoon, and he says... Well, he thinks that maybe I can sign up for the Silver Spur Drive. Is that so? Well, it stands to reason. They'll probably be needing all the extra hands they can get. Hey, ain't that how you figured, Britt? Yeah, it usually works out that way. Yeah, well, you ain't going on no cattle drive, Lex, so just get that idea out of your head. I don't see why not. Because I said so, that's why. Look, you may be the sheriff, but you ain't my boss. <laughs> Cash, I'm not... Lex, gonna... look, you ain't got the foggiest notion of what a cattle drive means. You wouldn't last more than a week. Maybe I wouldn't. And maybe I would. That ain't gonna do me no harm to try. Well, I said forget it. You're so anxious to get a job, there's work around here in town. Plenty of work, huh? Speak to Mr. Crawford. I ain't interested in the store job. No, you ain't interested in anything you're fit for. I made up my mind, Cash. I'm signing on with the Silver Spur if they'll have me. Yeah, well, you just better start on making that mind of yours. You're staying right here. Where you can keep an eye on me? That's right, where I can keep an eye on you. You know, someday you and me are really going to tangle. And this might just be the day. All right, Lex, that's how you want it? Oh, now, hold on, hold on now. Wait a minute here. Now, don't worry, Brett. I whipped him before lots of times. He isn't likely to ask for it again. Are you, Lex? Well? <laughs> yeah, a little fresh air do him good, cool him off. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't see what got into you, Britt, encouraging him in this cattle drive nonsense. Oh, I didn't exactly encourage him. He asked me if the Silver Spur would take him. I said I thought maybe they would. You should have told him different. Well, I'm not in the habit of lying, Cash. No. uh, I'm sorry, Britt. I didn't mean that. Well, why why are you so dead set against him taking out on his own? I ain't set against it, Britt. Not really. It's just that, you know, Lex is young, might wild, never had a paw to keep a tight rein on him. He needs somebody around to see that he don't get into trouble. Uh-huh. Another year or two when he's married, maybe, and he's got somebody else to worry after. Well, things will be different then. He'll be different. But right now... You think I'm riding him too hard, Britt? Well, he's your brother. you be the best judge of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's getting kind of late, ain't it? You must be 
pretty tired after that ride today. Yeah, well, I sure wouldn't object a little sleep, I'll tell you that much. Well, come on. I'll show you where you bed down. I was tired, too. I started sawing the wood the minute I hit that mattress. I guess I'd have slept through almost anything that night. Leastwise, I didn't completely wake up when somebody started pounding on the door along about 2 a.m. I sort of did remember hearing some talk afterwards, but it wasn't loud enough for me to get the gist of it. I figured there'd been some trouble in town, probably, and cash to take care of it. So I turned over and shoved my face into the pillow. I would have gone right back to sleep again, except a couple of minutes later. The... Bria! Bria, are you awake? Why... Why, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Miss Petrie, I'm awake. What's the trouble? It's, it's Rex. He's been shot. It, it, what? It happened at Luke Fawcett's place. Cash has gone down there already, but I thought maybe you... Well, Britt... Sure, sure. As soon as I get some clothes on. I came around the corner, I saw a little crowd in front of Fawcett's gambling hall. Five or six men standing together, not saying anything, just waiting. I started to push through them, but before I could get to the door, Cash Harcourt came outside. His jaw was set and his hats pulled down tight. Eyes were staring straight ahead, but he wasn't looking at anybody. Marched right past me without even noticing where I was. How is he, Cash? Hmm? Oh, Britt. How is he? Lex is dead. Oh. He's dead when I got here. Oh, I... I'm sorry, Cash. Yeah. You know who did it? Adam Roby. That's what the boys say. Oh, it was uh, Roby, all right. right. Sure, sure did. Yeah. Well, I ain't got no more time to waste here. So long, but... Well, you're going after him, huh? What do you think? Well, I just... I thought if you wanted some company, I guess I could... No. Go. I'll handle this alone, Britt. Sure, sure. All right, Cash. Whatever you say. I'll tell you one thing, Britt. I wouldn't like to be in Roby's shoes when they meet up. Oh, sure. Not me. Well, you, you fellas see the whole thing? Yeah. I was standing right there in the gambling hall when it happened. They were playing cards together, and Adam had been winning, and Lex had been drinking. If you ask me, Lex was just playing... Yeah. Nothing, Mr. Ponson. Nothing. No, go on, go on. What are, what are you going to say? Uh, I guess Sheriff Harcourt wouldn't appreciate my opinion. And besides, it's late. I've got to be getting home. Yeah, I think I'll be going along. Yeah, yeah, so long. Well, I went on into the gambling hall... Old Mr. Hendricks, he was the undertaker in Harness Creek. He had already arrived. He'd taken charge. So it looked like it was up to me to go back to the house and break the news to Mrs. Petrie. I sure wasn't looking forward to that. But, well, she sort of read it in my face without me even having to tell her. He's... He's gone, ain't he? Yes, ma'am. Oh. Now... If there's anything I can do, Mrs. Petrie... No. No, there's nothing, Britt. Thank you. How... How did Cash take it? 
Well, he didn't say much. He just went looking for the man who shot like Roby. Roby, that was his name. Adam Roby? I believe so, yes. You, you know him? No, no, not well. He has a farm out south and a wife and children. I've seen him at church and places. She, she appeared a real nice woman. Well, I guess she isn't to blame for... I don't blame her, Britt. I don't even blame... Well, the truth is I've been worried about Lex for a long time. Cash had been holding him down too much. Trying to make him toe the line too much. Well, I guess he was doing what he thought best. But it wasn't best. Not for Lex. You see, he resented it. Being bossed by his brother, he resented it a whole lot. I knew he couldn't keep it in much longer, but but I hoped that when the trouble come, it would be between him and Cash. Cash thought the world of Lex, and no matter what happened, he wouldn't have done anything to hurt him. Oh, no, no, of course not. Oh, there must be somebody coming to offer sympathy. News sure gets around in a small town. I, it ain't even daylight yet. Oh, here, I'll get it. Yes, ma'am? I, I'm Mrs. Roby. Oh. Adam's uh, wife, I am. I've come about Adam. Well, uh, the sheriff isn't here right now, Mrs. Roby. He's... He's out looking for my husband, ain't he? Yes, ma'am. Well, that's what I figured. I didn't want to see Sheriff Harcourt. I, I wanted to talk to you. Hmm? You're Britt Ponsett, ain't you? The six-shooter? Yes, I'm Britt Ponsett. May I? Well, I... I just don't know, Mrs. Roby. You see, you see that... Yeah? Let her come in. Mrs. Petrie. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so terrible sorry. Sure. Won't you... Won't you sit down? Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ponsett, I... I don't know how to say this, but... If you'd like to talk to Britt alone. No. No, it's best that you hear it, too. Mr. Ponsett, Adam, come home right after the killing to get some things together. He told me it wasn't his fault. He swore that it wasn't. He says, he says Lex was spoiling for a fight that Lex drew first. Adam ain't never been a man for shooting, Mr. Ponsett. I believe what he said. Well, I guess that's natural enough. Oh, he's hiding out now. Sheriff won't be able to find him. Oh, I wouldn't count on that, Mrs. Roby. Sooner or later... Well, that's you... just it. Adam doesn't want to hide out. He, he wants to give himself up. Oh? He says he'll give himself up to you. To me? He... I want you to promise that you'll turn him over to the district marshal at Standish Falls. Well, I, I just don't know what you're driving at, Miss Roby. Adam uh, Adam's afraid that if Sheriff Harcourt finds him, the sheriff will... Adam's uh, afraid he won't get a trial. That's all he's asking, a, a fair trial. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Roby. This isn't any of my affair. Oh, Mr. Ponsett, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Well... Thanks, anyway. Britt. 
Yes, ma'am? I'd like you to see that Adam Roby got to the marshal at Standish Falls. You what? With Cash feeling the way he does now, he might... He might do something he'll regret for the rest of his life. Oh, it's bad enough, Britt, what happened tonight. I wouldn't want anything worse. Now, Miss Petrie, I'm certain that Cash wouldn't Lex do anything... Lex was the only person on the face of this earth that Cash cared about. And he'll blame himself for what happened. Blame himself for not being there. And he'll just have to take it out on somebody. I'm not standing up for Adam Roby, Britt. I'm not even thinking about him. I, I'm just thinking about Cash. Well, even so, I'm sure I don't see where my place is Brit, in this thing. A little while ago, you asked me if there was something you could do. Yes, ma'am. Well. Mr. Ponsett, just give me your promise that Adam would get to Stanish Falls and I'll tell you where you can find him. All right, Miss Roby. I'll give you my promise. Turn to James Stewart as the sick shooter in just a moment. But first, well, I just want to say thanks to you, our listeners, for the many kind letters you write to us each week. It kind of makes us, all of us, feel that our efforts in bringing you the sick shooter are genuinely appreciated and we're grateful. Thanks. Now, Act Two of the story called Revenge at Harness Creek. Well, it was getting on towards six o'clock in the morning by the time I left Harness Creek. According to his wife, Adam Roby was hiding in a cabin in Moon Canyon about 20 miles east, so I started off in that direction. Well, about 7.30, I passed the north boundary of the Silver Spur, and I swung up the wedge trail that wound through a yellow outcrop of rock. It was more than ten minutes later when I spotted somebody ahead, a man riding down the trail toward me. I pulled up in the shade of some evergreen, waited. Whoa, 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 whoa. The fellow finally came within recognizing distance. Cash Harcourt. Yeah, no doubt about it. From the looks of that bay mare of his, he... Been riding pretty hard. The horse's flanks were covered with sweat, and her head was down, swinging side to side with every step she took. Cash hadn't seen me yet, but when he did, he gave a start, and his forty-five came out fast. And... Hey, it's me, Cash. Brett. Huh? Oh. I'll take it easy with that thing. Devil, are you doing out here? <laughs> Told you I didn't want no help. Yeah, yeah, you did. Well. Going back to town, then. I can handle Roby alone. Nobody said you couldn't. Then stop following me. Uh, now, from, from the looks of the things, I'd say we were moving in opposite directions, I, I think. Just run, running down some tracks here. They stopped a mile or so up ahead. Couldn't be Roby. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think I'll turn around just yet. That is, if you haven't got any objections. I got objections. Is that so? Leave them to me, Brett. Now... Uh, as long as you're certain he didn't come this way, I don't see uh, what difference it makes if I ride on a little further. I'm the sheriff, Brett. You ain't got no business interfering with the way I carry out the law. That's right. 
As long as you do carry out the law. You talking about? Roby's wife is scared that you won't bring him in for a trial if you find him. Huh? And she asked me to turn him over to the marshal at Standish Falls. Now, I didn't want to get mixed up in this, Cash, and I told her so right straight out. But it's what your aunt wanted, too. And Bess? That's right. I couldn't very well turn her down after what happened last night. And Bess thinks that I'd kill Roby. She thinks you're upset, that's all. Well, ain't I got a right to be upset? Sure you have. So, you want to take Roby over to Marshal Griffiths, eh? Yeah, well, I haven't found him yet. Mm-hmm. suppose his wife told you where to look. I got a right to ask you, Brett. He's a wanted man. Uh, are you asking, Cash? Guess it don't matter. All I care about is seeing that he's arrested, brought to justice. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, well, I guess between us, we stand a pretty good chance of finding him. Yeah. Well, good night. I watched Cash over my shoulder until he was out of sight, and then I started off again. Let's go, boy. Come on. Come on. Come on. About six miles later, I passed a waterfall that Mrs. Roby had said was a landmark. I turned Scar into a little box canyon to the left of the falls. A couple of miles further, I came to the shack. Whoa. Whoa, Scar. Whoa. Whoa. enough to see how Cash had messed it. Unless you knew there was a cabin in the canyon, you know, it didn't send a chance of finding it. I walked out into the open, but I stopped a good 20 yards before I got in, in rifle range. I... Roby! Roby, it's Ponchett, Roby! Brett Ponchett! You alone? Yeah, I'm alone. I like tell you where to find me. That's right. And you're taking me to Stanley's Falls? If that's how you want it. Yeah, that's how I want it. Where's Sheriff Harcourt? He's riding toward town, last I saw him. Okay, Ponser. I'll be right out. About a minute later, he came toward me, leading the sorrel pony, and he'd had a tether behind the cabin. A little man... Sort of grayish, with deep-set eyes and a kind of tired sag to his mouth. He was holding a Winchester carbine under one arm. He looked around anxious-like, as if he wasn't certain I was telling the truth. And then he seemed to satisfy himself, and he shoved the carbine into the saddle scabbard, and he climbed onto the pony. We'll uh, take the south trail and cut around Harness Creek. Whatever you say. Let's go. Mr. Ponsett. Yeah? Now, I want you to know that, well, the shooting wasn't my fault. Lex was on the prod. He forced me into it. Now, that's for a jury to decide, Roby. Sure, sure. I reckon you believe my story or you wouldn't be doing this. I believe you're entitled to a trial, that's all. As far as I can tell, so is everybody else. Sheriff Harcourt included. You, You didn't tell him where I was. I didn't tell him. Come on, let's move along. Yeah. We rode out of the canyon and turned south just beyond the falls. For the next hour or so, we 
Didn't do any more talking. There just didn't seem to be much to talk about. And then we started down from the crest of the ridge, and I saw a flat stretch of land out ahead. We still had about a mile of rough mountain trail before we hit that level ground. Roby was about eight feet behind me, and as I edged Scar around a big boulder, he was out of sight for a couple of seconds. Hey! Right. Get down behind something, Roby. Hurry up! I slid off Scar, and I flattened myself against the ground. I hunched over a couple of feet to my left, and I got a glimpse of Roby. He was crouched behind a slice of orange granite, and it didn't look like he got hit. I got up on my haunches, and I ran over toward him. You all right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I thought you didn't tell Harcourt where I was. I didn't. And how'd he find us? Maybe this isn't Harcourt. Who else could it be? I pushed up a couple of inches and I saw him. He was standing on a ledge right out in the clear, silhouetted against a great big white cloud. The sun was behind him and, well, I didn't have to look at his face to know who it was. Cash! Cash, what's the matter with you? Keep out of the way, Brad. We we can hold him off. Just give me a chance to get my car by. You stay where you are. Huh? But you was on my side. I might have known you and him are friends. We're friends. You're going to let him kill me, huh? Nobody's going to kill you, Robbie. Now, you just sit tight. Cash! Cash, I'm coming out! This ain't your affair, Fred. I told you that. It's my affair now. But I'm not using my gun, so if you're set on killing somebody, here's your chance. I ain't got no grudge with you. It's Roby I'm after why I followed you. That's why I've been waiting here. If you're after him, you're after me. I gave my word he'd get to Standish Falls. Fred, you're forcing me to shoot you down. That's right. That's just what I'm doing. Ought to be a pretty easy target, Cash. Come on. What are you waiting for? I think I'm afraid, don't you? You ought to be. Man ought to be afraid to kill another man. Well, I ain't. You're not afraid to kill Roby because you feel you're justified. How about me? How about me? You you ready to kill me? On, Brad, draw. I'm not drawing, Cash. Don't you understand? Lex is dead and Roby shot him. Yeah? Gotta make it up for that kid. Roby will get out of it somehow. You say it was Lex's fault. Probably. You're still standing up for him? Give me your gun, Cash. Why can't I kill you, Britt? Give me your gun. I want to pull the trigger, but I can't. Why? I don't know. I don't know, but I was pretty sure you wouldn't. Well, looks like I ain't got much choice. Here, take it. You want to ride along with us? Make sure I get him to the marshal? No, uh, head back to town. All right, suit yourself. Roby! Roby! Yeah? You'll bring the horses up here. We're going to Standish Falls.
Well, by the time I got back from turning Roby over to the marshal, the Silver Spur Ranch was all ready to start driving its herd north. I moved out with him, so I wasn't around for the trial. I haven't heard how it came out, but I suppose one of these days the news will catch up with me. transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burke and is written by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Eleanor Audley, Lamont Johnson, Forrest Lewis, and Bert Holland. Special music for this program was by Basil Adler. And the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Well, by the way, you'll be interested in knowing that the sick shooter has been chosen for broadcast to our men overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Services. This is John Wall speaking. Jason and the Golden Fleece, tonight on the NBC Radio Network.